You're listening to a podcast from BJSM. Thanks for joining this BJSM podcast. And we're in a series of podcasts with folks from different countries talking about what that country has to offer in sports medicine to the whole world, what the strengths are in that country and how that perspective adds to the fascinating field of sports and exercise medicine that we're in. And today we're emotionally in Spain. We're speaking with Juan Manuel Alonso and with Jordan Mendijutia. Juan Manuel and Jordan, thanks for joining the call. Thank you. Good you. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And I'm in Doha, Aspatar. You're both in Spain, and these podcasts are listened to all over the world. So let's begin with uh, Juan Manuel. Now, Juan Manuel is a medical doctor and a PhD, and his PhD was on sports injuries, epidemiology in athletics. And this is a fantastic area for him to have worked in because he specialized in track and field medicine, among other things. And uh, he began as the head of Spanish track and field in 1996. He's been heavily involved as the chair of the Anti-Doping Commission within the IAAF since 2003. And he's actually been involved in the last six Summer Olympic Games going back to Barcelona in 1992. So, Juan Manuel, what do you think um, the Spanish can offer sports medicine at this point with such a tremendous history of sport? Well, I think that the Spanish history of a sport changed uh, dramatically in uh, Barcelona 1992. So we have uh, one sport history of Spain before and another completely different afterwards. So uh, we were lucky to be involved in the whole development through that uh, games that uh, were uh, terrific impulse to our sports industry. So from that time, uh, we had uh, the support from the government and also from the private investors. So we were lucky that the professional sports uh, invested a lot of money in having good sport science and sport medicine services in the soccer and basketball, but also in the sport Olympic federations. So this uh, terribly, this this good support uh, allow us to uh, give a special care and very professional care to the sport people, to the professionals and to the Olympic athletes. And uh, also there is a, a specific phenomenon here in Spain, we can explain a bit this. Uh, our sport is uh, very, very focused in elite. Uh, surprisingly, we have good funding from the government and the private industry, but uh, maybe compared to the countries that surround us, is not so huge. But we are taking a very good advantage of the supporting, and uh, we have a very good success in comparison on numbers of people doing sport to, uh, to medal, uh, Olympic medals if we do a comparison with uh, the surrounding countries. So I think this is a specific phenomenon that uh, we are very uh, successful in uh, profiting the, the support that we are getting from the government and the private industry. And that's a point that's come through in a few of the different country podcasts that sport funding is important for elite sport and also for trickle down to participation sport. And clearly with Spain's 10 gold medals in Barcelona, if I remember when they had none, won none before, 
sort of highlights that and you're con emphasising that there really was a difference before and after Barcelona won Manuel. Now let's move to athletics. You've been a major player in track and field. So what's your job with the IAAF? I'm the chairperson of the Medical and Anti-Doping Commission. Uh, so I chair a group of uh, 12 uh, people, most of them medical doctors. Most of us are specialize in athletics in track and field because we have uh, the team physicians from Italy, Norway, Portugal, USA, uh, Japan. So we are a group of a global group from all over the world. So our job is advising the IWF medical and anti-doping department in policies and planning and projects for the future, both in medical and anti-doping uh, side. And we'll get into the specific injuries in a minute and uh, ask Jordan to comment on that as well. But let's talk about your work in medical and anti-doping right now. Can you give examples of a couple of specific projects that are high on your mind at this challenging time? Yes, of course. Uh, we are very much involved in the prevention of injuries and illnesses. So we are carrying um, medical surveillances during the big championships in uh, Osaka World Championships in 2007. So since then, every single big championships, we are performing the surveillance to monitoring the incidences of illnesses and injuries. And now we are also uh, moving forward and we are trying to register the pre-existing chronic injuries. And there is an immediate project for uh, the forthcoming World Championships in, in Moscow in the next August in 2013. So we will register the pre-existing chronic injuries. And we have a project together with IOC and FINA and the Oslo Sport Trauma Research Center so that we can not only register now in Moscow and also FINA will do it in the Barcelona World Championships, World Swimming Championships. But also our uh, goal for the next year is to organize several prospective uh, studies in several athletics federations so we can have a real picture or the chronic uh, overuse prevalences and incidences all over the world. So that maybe this is our main project. But also we are involved in the preparation medical exam. We are trying to take note of other big international federations like uh, FIFA that uh, has a wonderful program. So our uh, main goal in athletics is try to uh, dispatch very good information to so many different uh, federations we have. Athletics is a real global sport. We have federations from the 200 members. So it's difficult to give the information for the medical standards to some particular poor countries in Africa, in Asia, in Southern America. So we will try immediately to inform all of the federations of the importance of doing pre-participation exam basic uh, exam, at least HCG, uh, 12 uh, lead rest HCG, but also to do in some muscle skeletal examination. And uh, this is our, our second, our main second project to, to work more in the pre-participation medical exam. 
so you're really trying to liaise internationally and get the best information from federations so that you have a complete picture and also share information back with the federations to improve sports medicine in those countries. And one focus is the PHE, the Periodic Health Exam, also known as the PPE. And obviously BJSM has been really pushing elements related to that, as particularly related to ECG um, with a special module on BMJ learning and many changes in that field. So let's move on to hamstring injuries and uh, they're obviously a big problem in track and field, and then they're a big problem in football. So I'm going to ask Jordan Mendigochia to share some of your expertise because you've really focused on this and you've published widely. Now, Jordan is a, P a physiotherapist specialising in elite sport, and Jordan has consulted widely with teams such as Benfica, Atletica Bilbao, not to mention Barcelona and Real Madrid. So you've got a terrific combination of theoretical study on hamstring injuries, Jordan, as well as having to deliver in the most complex settings. So when you're teaching about hamstring injuries, what are the main points that you make that you think have changed from when these injuries were being dealt with five and ten years ago? Well, uh, as we published in, in British Journal of Sport Medicine, I think that we propose a new model because uh, the old model, based on use uh, reductionist approaches, only focus the, the injury or approach the injury in a unidirectional direction. Then uh, we try to explain use a lack of strength with injury or lack of flexibility of injury. It uh, goes well for a first approach, but uh, the really thing that uh, we need to, to understand is to to try to connect and interaction the, the different risk factors that are involved in the in the hamstring injury. That means uh, how, for example, stability can affect both uh, flexibility of strength and and this kind of a relationship. I think that with this we can conclude that uh, the approach to this difficult and multifactorial hamstring injury needs special and individual approach not only go to okay this uh, this needs strength or this needs uh, flexibility no no we need to customize our prevention focus or treat, treatment approach and uh, it is a, a difficult multifactorial condition and what we're going to do is uh, get a comment from Juan Manuel on uh, your approach to hamstring injuries and what you think may be specifically useful from the Spanish perspective. And then we're going to switch to a Spanish podcast for both of you to be able to discuss this in more detail um, in a separate podcast for our Spanish listeners. But before we do that, Juan Manuel, tell us about um, what you think has changed quite a bit on the hamstring prevention and management front in the last couple of years. Well, now we have uh, more uh, scientific evidence of uh, what to better diagnose with the clinical examination, but also, and most importantly, with MRI. And also, I think that we have now evidences that uh, some particular exercise, ex eccentric exercises, allow us to, to prevent this uh, injury from happening. 
And also we have more science about the important issue of the recurrences, which is sometimes uh, we can say a nightmare, mainly in athletes and sprinting and poor athletes that are suffering uh, hamstring injuries uh, one after the other. So I think in the last years, now we are much more prepared to deal with these uh, uh, important injuries. And also we, we learn from our studies in athletics that uh, is very, very common which is a very common uh, uh, appreciation in the clinical experience that athletes are suffering, uh, track and field athletes are suffering from this uh, injury very often. And uh, today we can deal with uh, the eccentric exercises, not only Nordic hamstring, but also the eccentric uh, leg raise, resistor leg raise. And uh, I think also the core stability has an important role here. And... Um, uh, but still, my, my feeling is that we have to work more and to, to do more research on the prevention area for these injuries. Because it's obvious that it's a, it's a huge problem, not only in athletics and soccer, but also in other big sports like rugby or even in, in some particular team sports like, uh, like Hamburg. Those recurrences really are a problem, and I know you and Jordan will be discussing that in more detail on the Spanish podcast for folks skilled enough to be able to enjoy that. We're going to sign off on this English language podcast, which highlights my limitations in, in Spanish. I can't uh, speak Spanish, unfortunately, so we will leave the two of you to run the second podcast, which listeners can click onto by following the links. And I know our Spanish um, bilingual audience from BJSM will enjoy that and uh, as they enjoy reading your content in BJSM. So thanks a lot for your time today, uh, Jordan Mendigachia and Juan Manuel Alonso. I really appreciate your terrific contributions to BJSM. Thank you to you very much. Nice to meet you here, and for all our listeners, don't forget to follow BJSM on Twitter, which is at BJSM underscore BMJ, where you can get first news of the latest updates on the BJSM site and uh, news across the sports medicine world to different journals and different things that are, are breaking in sports medicine. We have the BJSM blog for longer versions of news and, of course, the core content on the BJSM homepage. Thanks for listening and we look forward to catching up with you with the next instalment of Sports Medicine from BJSM. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.